0: Welcome to another exciting episode of Sit With You. And I'm very excited and super stoked to be here today. And my guest today in the studio is an exciting person. I'm going to tell you about him in a little bit. But I just wanted to let you know that we are doing a collaboration with Wired to Love and Thrive on mental wellness, mental health, and wellness. And we are going to be doing this for the next three months. So we will have content. On mental health and wellness with the different topics with different guests coming in okay. under this collaboration with wired to love and thrive so look out for that we'll have amazing amazing guests coming through with me today in the studio is Tabani Malilo and he's the co-founder and facilitator of Ubuntu yeah. lab he has facilitated at the so creative summit which was a big summit in southern Africa you guys should check it out. It's amazing. Then we, he also facilitated a Seed Stars Summit and Hub Connect. And he is also a Yali SA, RLC essay alumni and an author of three books in which he has now started training. So it's really, really amazing to have him over today on Sit With You. Welcome to Sit With You, Tabani. Your bio highlights that you are an iconoclast. So before we even go further, before you start to introduce yourself, it would be nice to tell our viewers what that is. <laughs> and and you're an author, you're a co-founder of LinkedIn Lab. Mm-hmm.
1: uh okay uh thank you peggy and yes um uh thank you so much peggy for um, uh such an amazing amazing intro i'm really really excited um yeah so for me uh, i would say tevani is a young man with a dream right so uh i'll start by explaining what an iconoclast is um that name came about Um, at a time whereby I realized that there was so much that was happening that was uh, considered to be normal, and I wanted to challenge the normal and challenge an existing narrative, right? So if you search what an Mm iconoclast means, it's someone that is challenging an existing narrative or someone that destroys a normal structure, right? So I was looking at what the current narrative, <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the current narrative that's shaping the African story. And I was like, no, man, it's, it's not as it's supposed to be. Uh, it's more or less to do with problems than solutions. So I wanted to challenge all that. And um, if you would ask uh, who I am, I would say I'm just, I'm, I'm a young man with a dream but a different dream altogether. A dream that seeks to see the light of the next person shining, especially the young person in Africa. And um, Mm -hmm. looking at it from the viewpoint that um, it's very imperative that young people take Mm -hmm. active part in shaping the story that our continent is writing so in a nutshell (laughs) that's tabani i'm just a young man with a dream and um, a dream to see a better and a brighter african story
0: tabani so it's it's interesting for me because when i'm looking at your bio you have a lot of titles and you are this co-founder you are a leadership facilitator, you are a YALI alumni, you are this guy that's doing the most at at Ibu Hub right now. And you, you wear so many hats. Beyond yeah. the titles, would you be able to acquaint yourself with our audience today? Because our audience are people from all over the world and they love to connect with people's stories. So today I just wanted to ask you, how would you acquaint yourself with our listeners? in introducing yourself differently I get that you're a guy with a dream Martin Luther King coins the term I have a dream yeah and then you know how Westlife sang the song I have a dream (laughs) how differently could you acquaint yourself with Uh us other than that very beautiful articulated Uh Uh way of Uh introducing yourself outside the (laughs) title
1: oh Peggy yeah you're putting me on the spot now but anyway, let me let me say that Tavani, I think I grew up in Blauayo, right?
0: Yes, there it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I grew up in Blauayo, and growing up, I was someone who was very much an introvert. I would spend the majority of my time indoors reading books and just questioning why certain mm-hmm. things exist, right? Um I remember one day after school, I came home and I had to ask my parents um, why I couldn't travel to Harare for holidays, right? And then the the answer that I got was that, uh, well, resources are not allowing us for you to travel to Harare at this moment. And then I got so frustrated, you know, to say that um, I, I, I was in an environment whereby that was a common sort of th- thread or acceptance from a majority of people within that environment. So I was mm-hmm. pushed to be someone that questions the normal, to say, okay, why can't we afford this, right? <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. I, I, had an, I, I grew up normally like other young men within like, high-density suburbs, right, uh, in which we call ekasi, Right. So if you are from the uh, material side, you would know that mm-hmm. the sort of way of life is sort of aligned with uh, life across the border, which is life from South Africa. So if you look mm-hmm. at it, um, a majority of the people that we sort of looked up to would um, go to school, but they wouldn't finish school. After a certain period, they cross the border and come back after 10 years, owning the latest designer clothes, whatnot. But then I questioned that to say, well, there should be more to life other than just that, you know. So I would say, yeah, that was was Tavani. Um, I was very interested in just questioning that which is normal. A young man from Ekasi uh, and um, just with an interest of Uh uh, embracing stories, embracing why, I am and embracing where I come from. And um, I'm someone who's very proud to be an African, proud to be a Zimbabwean. So I would say if I'm to introduce myself outside the titles, (laughs) this is the best way that I can introduce myself. Hope it answered you, Peggy.
0: It showed me Tabani. It 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 brought you to the fore. The person. <laughs> and that's what we're about, right? When we're having conversations, we want to know you. And because it's audio, people can't see you. They want to feel you. And that gets me to something really exciting. I was... <laughs> stalking you (laughs) now I was scrolling and studying you across all your different platforms and I bumped into something really exciting as I was studying you I was looking at the Ubuntu Lab website and uh, I saw something that I loved and it said that your core elements are as a hub are think feel and become I was like, wow, man, you, you want people to be able to think, to feel, to become. So I thought, hey, that's going to be my next question to Tabani. I really want to know. You can just put stuff there. Yeah, I did read it, but I wanted to know what brought you to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, credit, credit to my co-founder and mentor, Muta Samuel, who also has been instrumental in my journey. So the core elements of Ubuntu Lab, we consider ourselves ourselves a personal growth hub, because we realized that in the continent, there wasn't any organization that was focusing on personal development. So we walked into different organizations, be it government, NGOs, and we're like, Mm -hmm. guys, are you even teaching uh, personal development to your workers? Mm -hmm. Are you even taking into consideration their mental health or their wellness? And we realized there was a huge gap, right? and in our research and study we realized that um a lot of what we um, do is shaped by our thoughts our emotions and our behaviors right so when we say think right our our main aim and what we advocate for is for people to have positive thoughts right so as an african right despite the situation that you are in despite you being in the dark despite <laughs> not having proper running water there is always an opportunity and a choice for you to think positive thoughts right and then by feeling we realize that um a lot of um the emotions that were sort of yeah. like dictating the the order of things within society wasn't a good one or wasn't a positive one. So by feeling right, we encourage people to embrace those positive thoughts as well, and to also feel um, their emotions and sit with them, understand them and Mm -hmm. make meaningful decisions from those. And by feeling as well, we are also encouraging you to say, if you are Tabani, you also have to consider Peggy, right? Instead of you rushing to make a conclusion about Peggy, feel for her, yeah. feel um, feel the emotions that she might be going through um, with regards to a specific decision or space that you find yourselves in, right? And then becoming now, We felt that for meaningful change or transformation to happen within Mm -hmm. society, right? People need to then become or act in a positive manner. So those thoughts are turned into emotions, and then those emotions are embraced into behavior. Therefore, that will have a ripple effect into the society as a whole.
0: That's just absolutely amazing. No hub that I know has done anything to do with uh, personal growth. You know, when when we were thinking about doing these uh, sessions with my friends at Wired to Love and Thrive, one of the things we really looked at was how important it is for us to focus on the people uh, around uh, the conversation. So that became something that we actually had in common as a shared value. And to have you come on here and talk about the same thing is just beautiful. You know, it's uncanny. And I think it's something that we, we really need in our time right now. It's, it's interesting that we are doing a mental health and wellness feature for our collaboration. And you are one of those guys that's been featured across the board on this topic. And I, I understand it now when you talk about personal growth, you can't talk about personal growth without talking about uh, mental health and wellness in itself. So why why do you think that uh, this is important? Because I feel like in in the generation that we live in, this information generation, I've noticed that we are struggling with more mental health and wellness issues than we used to before. Why do you think that this is Tabani in, in our time? Because we know more than our fathers yeah. and our grandfathers,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> but we are struggling so much yeah. more. We are almost at at the mercy of this thing. Why is that?
1: Yeah. Okay, I think maybe let's trace back to um, why at times we tend to find ourselves in these situations, right? Uh, We have a program called Your Authentic Self, um what what really prompted us to really hammer more on mental health was that we realized that there were so many successful people out there Peggy like listed with listed companies driving big cars owning nice uh-huh. houses and uh-huh. they looked like they had it all on the outside but deep down there was something that was missing right and then uh. we said uh, together with Mutsa and we're like, no, man, there's, there's a need for us to do something in terms of like uh, reconnecting with what really matters. Right.
0: So the mm-hmm.
1: challenge with our generation right now is that um, I think from my analysis, a majority of the times we tend to um, wish for what's to come than to experience what is currently happening, right? Um, We postpone our happiness and our lives to tomorrow, and it's always tomorrow, right? If you look at it, um, Mm. if you have a great idea that you want to pursue, uh, a majority are saying, okay, I'll do that tomorrow. And... um, Wow. At times, um, you <laughs> you relegate what's important because you feel like you have time. Yeah. All right, so that's that's like, another that's angle that I wanted you 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 to sort of look into. But now, if you look as at this generation, I'll then ask this question to mm-hmm. say, we have everything that we need. So what is it that is missing what's missing is that we are not being authentic with ourselves and being authentic with people that are around us as well hence you see depression so Uh. i feel like we get depressed because there's an element of lack that is there and this element of lack might be caused by what we uh have created in our minds, you know? So some believe that if I get the latest iPhone, my life is set, right? They get the latest iPhone, but then they'll realize that, well, I still want more. <laughs> and um, in, in a sense, then that leads to the other person feeling like, oh, well, I don't have an iPhone. Eesh, guys. Uh, and then they get depressed, right? And a majority of the times what's very critical and important is that we reconnect with who we are. Reconnect with your authentic self, embrace who you are, embrace where you are, and understand where you're supposed to get to. That's how we're going to deal and do away with the um, uh, mental health struggles that we are faced with currently. And also we've become a generation that seems not to care but yet we care. <laughs> Let me give you an example. Um, you, amongst mm-hmm. our friendships right now, right, um, we are a generation mm-hmm. that really is competing to see who cares the most. And yet, human mm-hmm. nature, you have a heart. You have a heart, you have five senses, mm-hmm. and you've been designed, human nature has designed that you should care. And by caring, it means that you are not e- existing mm. as an island. You exist as part of a group or a community. Yeah. And therefore, you are there to serve the community, right? So if you look at our parents or the, the past generation, why, the, the reason why they, they managed to overcome so much was that they had that sense of identity and were content with who they were. So if I were to ask you right now, our parents raised us um, with little resources, but they brought the best out of us. But we are a generation with all the the resources, with all the information, then where are we lacking? We're lacking um, in the sense that we've disconnected with who we are supposed to be and have tried to thrive for a picture that... In most cases, we might not achieve or attain, right? So to wrap that, this up, I would say that a majority are looking up to an American, but you're forgetting that you're in Zimbabwe. And you being in Zimbabwe or in Africa is an advantage, but some look at it as a disadvantage. You understand? So I think like it's very key and critical that people reconnect with who they are embrace their identity and move forward knowing and being proud of who they are and where they are in the present moment
0: wow that's good sounds so good that sounds so good wow we postpone our happiness to tomorrow we dream (laughs) about tomorrow (laughs) and everything is kind of pushed forward tomorrow that's something that i got from what you said and wow And then our parents had little, but they made the most of it because of their identity. So guys, just, wow. Our identity is a big deal. Who we are is so important for us to know. Versus who we think we are. So that's where authenticity comes in, because you have what you think of yourself, who you think that you are, and what you really are, like who you really are, and it's important for us to go a bit deeper and search and try to figure out our purpose, because who you are is tied very deeply to your purpose. Do you understand your purpose for being, do you understand why you exist? Because when you know why you exist, then it also informs your values, it informs what you do, and the things that Tavani is talking about then come into play. Do you know who you belong to? So family, community then comes in and it plays a you draw. And when when I'm thinking about ex- what you're saying, I'm reflecting on the debates that are being done right now on mental health issues across the world, from Kanye West to TED fellow Sangu Dele. You know, in a personal talk I was listening to uh, the other day, Dele shared how he learned to handle anxiety in a society that he feels is uncomfortable with emotions. Is society uncomfortable with emotions? And do we still associate shame with acknowledging the issues we are struggling with in, in this world? Because you 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 know how Kanye West had these issues, Tabani, where the world started talking about what he's been doing in the last year, few, few months, the last year. And I know on The View they talked about how this is a mental health issue and people should yeah. cut him some slack. But do you think that society is actually very uncomfortable with emotions and maybe that's what's at the bottom of this issue with mental health right now
1: yeah yeah i think society in a way has made it very difficult for people to embrace who they are and embrace their emotions right it becomes very difficult for one to express that they're going through something because they are scared to be associated with uh, <laughs> some form of shame or some form of lack. And like I said um, uh, earlier on that, we are human beings with emotions and we can't run away from our natural state, right? Um, I think society as well is also unfriendly. Look at cyberbullying hey? Look at um, uh, the trolls, right? There are people that are so proud to draw another human being, there are people that are that I've been known to um, to to yeah. say they speak facts, yet they are crushing or or trampling on the next person, right? So that's society for you, you know. Oh, I, I'll Which I'll give said, you this, yeah. yeah I'll mm-hmm. give you this example right now. If you go on Google or go on Facebook, go and locate a trending topic, right? Yeah, that that spells or oh, that was to show you the the sort of um, mindset that is shaping our society, the sort of um, uh, values that we have embraced, right? And then this gets passed on to the younger generation and we fail to see how the, the effect that this has on the wider society, because the symptoms or challenges that you see at the societal level reflects what's happening within the minute spaces these being the families this being within communities this being within the individual homes that exist right so that's that's a sort of mindset that has been I- I- indulged to say that if you express that you are going through stuff or if you say that you need help you are you are incapacitated in a in a sense and that society's—it's made it difficult for you to come out and, mm. and express that, guys. I'm really struggling with this, and so wow. there's need for us to go back to the sense of community that our parents had.
0: It's really interesting that you say yeah. that. You know. I was just trying to see if I could find anything interesting trending right now. And I found something on gangster son killed in the encounter, 42 rounds fired and he was in disguise. That's a story that's trending today. And then if you read just that one article that's trending right now, you'll mm-hmm. find that um, most of the issues that will come yeah. up a lot, it's um, current stereotypes first before you even mm-hmm. get to the issue. When people are talking about it, like right now, if we just took that and put it on on a group as a conversation, where people are placed will show up in their emotion, like how people will respond to something like that. We'll show you how angry we are as a society, how upset we are, or how tired we are, or how uncaring we are, or, you know, it it just shows up. So it's it's true what you are saying that uh, society has become very toxic in a way. We are very toxic to our own and we don't look after each other, even though we do care and we want to be loved. We want to be uh, looked after. We want people to really think of us in in, in the most highest of esteem. But we are broken as society. There is places where if you actually admit that I'm overwhelmed and I've reached the end of myself, I don't know what to do. I am collapsing what i've gone through in my life is actually a lot right now for me to deal with if you open up to that degree of honesty it might not be received the way that you you need it to be received because mental health and wellness needs us to be in a safe space where we can be able to handle how you're feeling and be able to really get to the bottom of what you're dealing with there should be room for you to be taken care of just in the last year Tabani, I had three young men that struggled with suicide from mm-hmm. thoughts until one actually made a suicide attempt. And they only escaped death by the grace of God. That was something that broke my heart. As I was looking suicide up and, and just listening to different talks on suicide, I found that according to research, 19 out of 20 people who attempt to commit suicide fail. But those who fail are 37 times more likely to succeed a second time.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: These are people that are at risk. It's a, a percentage of people that we need to be taking really serious care to pay attention to what they're saying to us when mm-hmm. they talk about their thoughts, when they talk about, you know, attempting suicide and when Ace. they do attempt suicide. Ace. What can we do to acknowledge this in our families? in a community, and yeah. workplaces, because I feel like if a young person can contemplate suicide until they attempt, it means somewhere in this chain of communication, someone didn't listen or someone didn't pay attention and take them seriously enough, to buy.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's very sad. And also, I've uh, also came up with a program for teens. I also came across... Similar mm-hmm. sort of patterns oh shit. and then mm. this these were young men in high schools that wanted to commit suicide, and some committed suicide actually um and they were suffering uh, from uh bullying right um so so if you look at that and 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 we say that um first and foremost, we need to acknowledge that we are very sick mm. So <laughs> the solution for someone who's sick, right, for them to get help, they they it's acknowledging and accepting that well, we're sick. Now let's let's get to the root of what's causing this sickness, right? Um, uh, what's causing the sickness is that they has uh, been a scourge or like a, a sort of a pattern that has been created by certain people in Mm -hmm. terms of Mm -hmm. how, say, for instance, men or women are supposed to behave, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of like a a specific identity. Now it takes me back to the aspect of what Mm -hmm. authenticity. But if you remember growing up, our parents, um, whatever they brought to the table, you had to take it Mm -hmm. and you couldn't question it. Right and uh, nowadays, with us as as a society now, we've made it uh, shameful to mm-hmm. be yourself. I think that's the that's that's something that I've realized. So if Peggy likes um, uh, staying indoors and reading a books, mm-hmm. ah, is she normal or is she okay? Because a normal a normal person should be going out, should be doing this, should be doing that, you know that kind of thing. And we fail to sort of, sort of understand how our words or how our, set, our our certain actions affect the next person. right? We've become so wow. self mm. in a sense, in the sense that we are not at peace with ourselves, therefore we don't want the other person to be at peace with themselves. Hence the rise of uh, bullying. Mm. You know, we bully or we troll or we, we insult the next person. And we fail to ask ourselves this big question to say, are my words constructive? Are my words building? Are my words uplifting? You know, and we fail to realize that Our actions and our behaviors reflect what's happening on the internal side, on the internal uh, area of our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, what's happening, what's taking place. There is a struggle there. And then because the struggle is there and we don't know what to do, we lash out and we we take it out to the next person. So what society needs to do is to create a safe space, a safe space, for people to express themselves, to be themselves, and to embrace where they are, right? And there's also a need for honesty. I think honesty is very critical at this point. Be honest with yourself and and be honest with those that are around you as well. If you don't like something, be honest enough to express that you don't like it. And whether people accept it or not, at least you've stood your ground and it's now entirely up to them whether they take it or not. So it's a matter of creating those boundaries, right? So society needs to allow people to express themselves and be able to create boundaries. And we respect that, right? And also creating a safe space for young people, a safe space for even our parents, right? Peggy, I'll tell you this. A majority of our parents are lonely and we don't know it. They are lonely. They don't have anyone to talk to. And you know, the next outlet that they will take is what? Is lashing out at who? At you, right? Because they, they don't know how to process their emotions. They're used to the fact that, okay, if you're feeling something, unless you take it out on the next person or you take it out on something, right? So in order for us to... Um. To, to resolve all this, let's reconnect and go back to what made us be humans, what brought us together, right? The spirit of Ubuntu, the spirit of understanding that um, my actions should be able to make your life easier and not make it more difficult. We should be considerate. We should be more willing and open to different opinions different thoughts or different uh, pursuits as well so yeah
0: you do a lot of workshops and trainings and possibly camps with young people can you walk me through what you would do with a young teenager who is depressed what is it that you teach these young people that you train because i'd be interested to know how to steward our young people because I mean, our older people definitely will know how to look for therapy or maybe to ask for help, even though it's still happening that some still feel shame, some feel the stigma and they still feel that, you know, there's a lot more that will be at stake if they open up and are honest. But our young people can be taught differently. What can we do with teenagers that are depressed, teenagers that are experiencing the most stress right now? Because... We, we we sometimes look at adults only and our children in the home are kept in silence and in darkness until they get to 18 and all of a sudden it's like, wow, they're an adult, we must start managing them now. We must start making sure they're good adults. But you didn't invest time with them to grow this person that is holistic, that is stable, that is safe, that is confident in this world to be able to take what the world offers. How do you deal with these young people that that you meet up with and you are training in these camps? In in just a a few minutes, can you run us through what you do?
1: All right. Uh, Peggy, I think, like, what I've noticed and realized Mm. is that a majority of young people are not heard. So if a young person Mm. comes through to the workshops or trainings, Mm. I give them a safe space for them to be heard. I ask them about themselves, what they like, their dreams, their hopes, and what they are grappling with, right? So I think for us to really embrace and work with young people, especially teenagers, give them an ear and don't be judgmental, right? Give them an ear, don't be judgmental. Allow them to open up and be themselves. Then you will... um, get to then connect with them and understand and discover um, how brilliant they are. And at times it's just that they lack a platform to be heard, hence these challenges that they face.
0: Mm, that's really good. That sounds really good. Thanks, Tabani. You know, I have a niece. Uh, I have I have four nieces and two nephews uh, from my immediate uh, family, my sisters. So I I've noticed that as they grow older, they, they're coming into themselves now. They're becoming individuals. So they need to express themselves so much more. And, uh, you know, we have different parenting styles. So I start to notice that if I don't actually give my niece the same respect as an adult, as an individual, not even an adult, as an individual firstly, to, to be heard, to be acknowledged that she has thoughts, she has feelings. Uh, You don't just talk at her or preach at her or mansplain things and just expect her to do because she's younger or because they're younger. it's, It's really taught me the importance of managing relationships, and I think it's important for us to manage our relationships with younger folk, younger people, because they're individuals too. They don't just start becoming individuals when they're 18 they're individuals from that time, they're one, they're two. And that relationship needs to be nurtured so that they feel safe because Mm -hmm. some of these things are start to blow up at 16, 17, Mm -hmm. when they become teenagers and we just think they rebel. It's because of maybe pent up emotions and not having space to talk. And I, I like that you actually acknowledge that our parents can also be lonely and they don't have an outlet. And sometimes I think the parenting style that we've had as Africans is so much that there's power distance. So the parents doesn't feel that they can tell their their daughter that I'm feeling lonely these days. So would you spend some time with me? What else can we do to raise awareness? I know it seems cliche for me to actually say raise awareness right now, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. left, right and center, these are issues that are being talked about everywhere. But that we're having this conversation, Tabani means that, They're not being had enough or maybe they're being had at such a a centralized way that only small portions of communities are hearing it. And the larger ones don't get to because we're not decentralizing enough. So we're not going into smaller communities. We're not going to the village. We're not going to these back of beyond places to talk to the people that are still dealing with life because like it or not, across the planet, life is real. It's not only real in town. Mental health issues are real for a child in Atlanta. They're real for a child in Bindura here in Zimbabwe. They're real for a child in Pologwane. you know. They're real everywhere. What else can we do to empower men and women to open up conversations around mental health and wellness and suicide prevention because suicide is going up? The rate is going up every day, Tabani. Do you have any thoughts around what what more can we do in our homes, not even like at the camp, but where we're from? Where do we start?
1: Yeah, I, I think for starters, Peggy, what we normally do, I'll just share this um, in in terms of like um, our workshops and even the work that I do uh-huh. with 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 Muta, We have what we call a normal check in, right? So this is an exercise whereby you express how you're feeling, right? So maybe it's very important that we start promoting normal check-ins at home. So it might not happen every day, but maybe weekly. You know, you sit around the table, you have a meal together, and you just check in on what's happening. And you'll be surprised at the instrumental change that that exercise will bring, right? And also just embracing one another and um, giving each other space to be ourselves, because um, I feel like society stifles people that somehow appear different. So it's very important that we do that. So check-ins and allowing people to be themselves, that's the best way that we can raise awareness in workplaces and within the community
0: oh tabani that's that's just really practical i love i love practical solutions to real problems because when you face a real challenge you want to have a practical solution to it yeah as we come to an end what would you tell young men and women struggling with coming to terms with mental health and wellness issues that have been told that anxiety attacks don't exist depression and suicidal thoughts mean that you are weak i mean someone like you and me um, maybe you've lost your job, maybe COVID did a number on you and you're struggling to get up, you don't have a job, you don't have a source of income. Everything in life is imploding, but guess what? Life goes on. Every day you still need to wake up and show up. And the motivational quote on your wall is show up. But you don't know how to show up because it feels like life is imploding. Yeah. What would you say to someone like that?
1: Um, I I think first and foremost, I would say that um, you have to remember the crown on your head. I know there are times where it's difficult, but remember you have a crown on your head and that's a unique crown that no one ever possesses, right? Um, Peggy, you have a unique crown that I can never have because mm. you have a way of doing certain things that I can never do. So I would say to the young person out there, um, the so fact true. that you mm. you are still breathing, the fact that you're going to wake up tomorrow and see the sun rise, no matter how mm. difficult it is, keep on mm. track by being hopeful. So start by expressing and jotting down your feelings. Right, write a letter to yourself. Oh, yes. Write a letter, acknowledging how sure. you're feeling and express that. And remember that in whatever situation that you're uh. in, life is all about seasons. And when it rains, you it doesn't mean that that's the end of life. The sun will still rise at some point. So always remember that you have a unique space that you need to contribute into, in this world, and you have a unique blueprint. When it gets difficult, if it means crawling, keep crawling. If it means uh, rolling your way down, keep rolling your way down. And I can guarantee you this, the sun will rise again, because I've been in that space. We've all been in that space. But what has brought us thus far is the hope, the persistence to say that by seeing another day, it's another chance to do better and be better.
0: So true. Tabani, thanks so much for this. I know we're coming to the tail end of this conversation, but I I don't want to let you go before you tell us. You said I've been there. What have you been through? Can you share one experience of what you've been through? Because after saying what you've just said, now there needs to be a qualifier. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. Uh so, so I would say Peggy for me like when covid hit it affected uh different sources of income. There were no workshops happening. Um there were no trainings and uh, my Facebook wasn't selling much. Right? And then that prompted me and pushed me to write yeah. my um my my and his second book called Tavani, the Dream Continues. So it, mm. um, it took me looking at a picture uh, when I was in Rwanda. So there's a picture of me in Rwanda and I was looking at the continent, at the, this um, beautiful picture of the continent of Africa. And then I was like, well, I want to inspire and transform Africa as a whole," and I'm going to do it. Mm. So then that reignited the fire to put my thoughts on paper. And then voila, I'm here now. So I I usually turn my pain into um, tangible, practical, and foundational pieces that will build me for what's to come.
0: Wow, that's just just so profound. Can you repeat that again, please?
1: So I was saying I turn the pain into building foundational blocks that keep me going and that become lessons for the next steps that I'm supposed to take. So um, to (laughs) share with you, my first book was inspired by my heartbreak. My second book was inspired by me being depressed during COVID. My third book is inspired by um, seeing um, young people not, being in a good space. So if you look at it, certain trends, I don't mm. sit and wallow to say, okay, I'm going through this and have a pity party for long. I get up and turn mm. that into something tangible that can be beneficial to me and to people around me.
0: Oh, Tarani, that is just powerful. And your three books are The Shift, The Dream Continues.
1: Yes, yes, it's called Tavani The Dream Continues.
0: And then Unfiltered. Is your your third book.
1: Yes, yes. Unfiltered is my third book.
0: So just catch those titles and just kind of try and think what was Tabani going through. That could lead to a second conversation somewhere down the line. (laughs) And if you want to hear it, just let me know. (laughs) We can get him back here (laughs) to talk about this. Tabani, thank you so much for sitting with me today. What um, can people expect from you as we fold this conversation? What can we expect from you going forward
1: uh thank you thank you so much peggy for this um so i would say that before i share what people can expect i want to say this to everyone listening that um i have a quote that says um spectators pay and players get paid and i encourage each and every one of you to go out there and partake in this game of life and play your part you are capable of winning All right. So uh, people can expect, um, I'm working on my fourth book entitled Burn Your Bots. And I'm also working on touring Africa as well, continuing to inspire young people and uplifting and raising more leaders that are going to transform our continent and country as a whole. And lastly, yeah, there's a lot more to come. But I I should be launching my leadership institute before the end of this year. So that's what people can expect from me.
0: We will be looking forward to all of that, Tabani. And we will be following you guys. You can follow him across platforms. Thank you so much for sitting with me and allowing me to sit with you. (laughs) Follow us across platforms for this episode and more. But for now, this is it from me. I'm your host, mine. See you next time.